0: The Secrets of Star Trek is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com/give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek episode 116.
1: Captain the bridge, Spock here. Make yourself. Surrender is not an option. Attention crew of the Enterprise, this is James Kirk.
0: And today we're discussing the Voyager episode, State of Flux. Joining me today on the panel are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. How's it going? Very good, thanks. And Jimmy Aiken. Hello, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. Folks, be sure to share the podcast with your Trekkie friends. Help uh, help us grow our community of listeners when the show gets a bigger audience that gets better. I assure you that is true. There is a scientific study on that somewhere, perhaps. I also want to remind you that uh, we're, we're at 116 episodes here. Our podcast feed, if you go to iTunes or any of the other places where you'll see our podcast online, you'll see the past 100 episodes. And so if you want to listen to the first 100, you know, first 16 and beyond 100, the past 100 episodes, you'd have to go to our website where all the episodes will always be. But we also have a special link at sqpn.com slash Star Trek, where it, it'll give you the uh 1 to 100 episodes. So the first 100 episodes and there's a special link you put that into your podcast app of choice and it will show you all the episodes there. So if you if you're a completist who wants to go back and listen to everything, that's where you'll find that. So, we are talking about State of Flux. This is a, a again for a season, the 11th episode of the first season of Star Trek Voyager. And uh basically uh well Recapping this wouldn't do it justice, so let's just get into things. <laughs> so the original name of the episode was Sesca. So that gives you an mm. idea of uh spoilers that Gonna well, be they avoided. S-
1: sesca centric. Yes. But it starts in sunny Southern California where the crew is beamed <laughs> down and it looks like they're in maybe Griffith Park outside uh Los Angeles or in Los Angeles and crewman what's his name? Carrie. Carrie. <laughs> comes up with some poison apples, which <laughs> Neelix calls Kalos and describes starts to describe in rather gory detail how they affect you if you eat them. And it's really very Wicked Witch of the West, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yes. Well, one of the things that's interesting is like they're, they're foraging for food for the crew. And I'm thinking, <clears throat> how is it that all these different food species that they're looking for found in all these different planets? You know, the... Oh, that's that kind of thing that we're always, you know, eating from all different places. Like, like some alien Johnny Appleseed has been traveling around the Delta Quadrant, <laughs> well, seeding planets. So there, even though it was way
1: farther back in evolutionary history than would be reasonable to explain this, there was that progenitor race, but they yeah. were operating on the presumably microscopic level, lifeform mm-hmm. level, rather than than trans- hominids and their right. associated foods.
0: Yeah. Well, <clears throat> one thing I, I actually want to do before we get into the, the details, I, uh, there's a little, couple of behind the scenes things. I want mm-hmm. to mention that this is the, apparently one of the first stories they bought for Voyager. So this story, and and we'll get into why this is a, a kind of key story or pivotal story for the first season. This story is, is part of Voyager from the beginning. They plan to do this from uh, the very beginnings of Voyager. So it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting that that's there. Oh, well, um,
1: then, then that diminishes my uh, appreciation for this episode even further, because yeah. Seska, who has a key personal development that we'll cover in this, has only really been featured in about three episodes, and, mm-hmm. and, and they've been ramping her up, but her story arc would have been so much more impactful if she had been a main character from the beginning. Right. I mean, yes. imagine if this had been Bilana that did this. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be way more impactful than just this little person we've mm-hmm. barely gotten to know, Blink and you miss her.
2: It seems like they did it way too quickly. You know, this, this, yeah. this would have been something to have the, the, the betrayal to be done towards the end of the first season versus right in the middle, because this is just the middle of the season. We still got a lot of first season left after this. Also, the
1: if they had this right from the beginning, they easily could have made Seska a main character from the beginning, and they chose not to.
0: Yeah. And, and in fact, the actress, Martha Hackett, who I think does a pretty good job as oh, Seska. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I, I like her. She was surprised. When she got the script, she's like, I, I had no idea any of this. I would have mm-hmm. totally played the character differently before at this point, especially uh, her connection to Chakotay, with they've had scenes in other episodes, and she would have played those differently given the backstory that we're well, suddenly was suddenly dropped. I was from trying us. to remember
2: if, if before this, if they even had any, had her play any kind of romantic interest with him at all. No, mm-hmm. you know, because None. that, and that's what I was, that's what I was thinking, it's like all of a sudden they they have this whole romantic backstory that we know nothing about that just suddenly comes out in this episode, right?
0: Uh, by the way, this is a short season. The first season was only sixteen episodes so uh this is just past the halfway mark of the of the first season so you know it it, it just for whatever it's, whatever it's worth and she'll be there are nine episodes that they that will be impacted by this going forward into the next couple of seasons or then maybe i think maybe just the next season there'll be there are nine episodes in the sesca mm-hmm. arc of stories,
1: yeah, and um, the best is actually yet to come.
0: Yes. Uh, So, uh, but back to the planet where they're foraging and have come upon, apparently, the Garden of Eden, where they have poison apples are. Yeah. Heading out to Eden. Yay, brother. (laughs) Cannot bring up Eden in the context of Star Trek without hearing that. So we have the origin of the infamous Leola root, which looks like a weird painted ginger root. It's just ginger. I mean,
1: this is a spectacular (laughs) fail in terms (laughs) of because they want the the leola root to look weird and it's clearly just a hunk of ginger that they've spray painted and it's like mm-hmm. guys i can go down to von's or albertson's and get that any day i want it i've bought <laughs> that many times this is not convincing as weird space vegetable
2: well and and in being in the 24th century or you know whatever voyager time frame is you think they would have, you know, things called tricorders that they could scan and go, oh, this has an element that is poisonous to human oh, beings. We can't eat this. Oh, right. this is just, this apple is just fine. We can eat this. Yeah, it might be poisonous to talaxians, but it's not to humans. So, Yeah,
1: and the fact that Carrie has even brought this other poison apple up to Chakotay is ridiculous because before you would do that, you would scan it with your tricorder to see if it's edible or not. Yeah, Right,
0: right. Uh, By the way, if I took a hunk of ginger and shoved it in my mouth like Chakotay does, I'd also have the same reaction. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I know. You got to chop it up. You
2: got to skin it. It's got to be put in something else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Anyway. Just don't eat it straight.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You don't judge a food just by shoving it in your mouth for the first time you you experience it. So uh, back on the ship, Tom Paris uh, notices that they're being shadowed by another ship in orbit. They're not able to see on their scanners. Janeway, uh, you know, calls down to Chakotay on the surface. If asks him if he's detected any life forms down there, and I'm, I'm thinking, why wouldn't you just scan for them? Right? <laughs> that's what mm. that, that's what you've got scanners for. But it turns out it's the Kazon Nistrum, which is apparently different from the Kazon Ogla, the ones who were mm. in the Caretaker episode. So the, the different weird, tribe, yes. But they've all got the weird, like sponges in their on their head uh, hairdos uh, <laughs> going on. Uh, th- literally, they have s- those. Those are sponges. I saw. Yes. I, I was reading about them. Sponges and dog toys, which is they really look like it. I, I, just, I did not like the Kazon look. No. no,
1: whole race is having a bad hair day. Worst yeah. Klingons ever. <laughs>
0: right, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so the away team's gonna be- beam up, but uh, Seska is missing. So Chakotay has to go find her. He tracks her down to some caves where he f- sees some Kazon walking around, and then. Stumbles on Seska, who's like, "I thought you were one of the Kazon. I almost, I almost, you know, stunned you." Uh, the Kazon then shoot Chakotay, and Seska shoots, you know, shoots them back and stuns them, and they're able to beam up to the Voyager.
1: She does have a good reason for being in this cave, though. She says she saw, as part of their foraging, she she saw mushrooms. Yep. Near the mouth of the cave, and she wanted to pick some because she wants to make some of Chakotay's favorite mushroom soup. Mm-hmm. And she's got a big sack of the mushrooms right there, which hopefully yep. she has scanned with the tricorder to make sure they're not sure. poisonous. Yeah. Well,
0: because on Earth, all mushrooms you find everywhere are, are edible, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so back, uh, back on the ship, Seska, Yo know, Chicote has recovered and Seska comes to his quarters bringing him a pot of his favorite mushroom soup, which they enjoy until she reveals she made it by tricking Neelix and raiding the food stores. Uh, he's not happy to be included in this this criminal conspiracy, and Seska is still basically operating in the mckee Starfleet divide. You know, whereas Chicote has tried to move back into the Starfleet mindset,
1: where we're one crew. And, and wow, has he succeeded in doing that? Because this is like a major offense to him. I mean, this is yes. He refers to this as a crime. Yeah, well, but, I mean, it, but in show, I mean, and, and I can imagine in principle, but, yeah. you know, it to give you a sense of how lenient 24th century justice is, the punishment for this crime is no replicator privileges for two days. Yeah,
0: <laughs> right. Right. Well, yeah, it, it, it's a it's he's it, it, what it shows him is he's like being a very strict disciplinarian first officer, like he's being mm-hmm. by the book guy. Uh, as opposed to Seska, who is still got the Maki, yeah, Lucy goosey mindset. Uh, and then we have, like, she reveals th- that they had been pri- previously in a relationship. He says they agreed to break it off mutually, but apparently it wasn't all that mutual, <laughs> according to yeah. Seska. Uh, she's still holding out hope for a romantic relationship. This is all apparently on the surface. Uh, there are deeper layers to this, of course. Voyager gets a distress signal from that same Kazon ship they had seen before. Semi cloaked. It's like Yeah. They
1: have some trouble seeing it, but they're able to when they do certain things. And like- Tuvok says it's not a cloaking device as we know it. It's just some other kind of stealth. It's more yeah. sensor
2: tricks, kinda, you know, like, well, we know the sensor operates on this frequency, so if you block that frequency or something like
0: that. Right. They are able to detect it when they shoot a plot device at it. Uh, yep. so <laughs> Neelix uh <laughs> Uh, with it, so they get this distress signal. Neelix says the obvious: it's a trap. You know, uh, he channels his inner Admiral Akbar. Uh, but you know, they they go anyway. They, they away team beams over. It's Chakotay, Tuvok, Torres, and of course, even though she's never beamed anywhere before, Seska.
1: I like how uh, Harry Kim in it, when they're evaluating the could this be a trap possibility. Yes. He says they have fluctuating nucleonic radiation patterns, and that could mean they have a reactor problem. Yes. And I'm like, for once, yes, that actually is intelligible <laughs> science. <laughs> Nucleons are the particles in the nucleus, so that means protons and neutrons. And, uh, and if you have weird patterns of protons and neutrons being radiated and they're fluctuating, that could mean you have a problem with your nuclear reactor.
0: Yes, yes. So,
1: wow, for once,
0: it makes some sense. <laughs> somebody somebody <laughs> picked up a book. Yeah. So once they beam over, they it's it's a mess. Something really bad has happened. Some of the Kazon crew have been fused into consoles and bulkheads. Into carbonite. Yes. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah they've been non-soloed. Uh, there is one survivor, but he's he's a mess. All his cells are all ruined or something. Uh, so they beam him over to Voyager, and Torres notices that the source of the explosion is some Federation technology that was being integrated into a console, uh, into their equipment. So that, that's a, there's a 0.41 percent trace of a neosorium composite, and the only people who use neosorium technology is the Federation, apparently, no one else in the galaxy can discover the same stuff
2: or use that's, it at all.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, we have the patent.
0: Yes, yeah. <laughs> even in the Delta quadrant. So the it's a universal patent. So the doctor, meanwhile, uh, has examined the survivor. Says his cells have been altered by whatever the explosion was. Uh, I'm saying this Federation technology is really dangerous and should be banned. Uh, if if yeah. a malfunction can cause, it's like if we'll find out eventually that it's a replicator. And I'm thinking if my microwave oven could explode if I do something wrong and fuse me into the wall of my kitchen. I probably would not put it in every room of my ship like they have, but, you know, it's the 24th century. We'll let them go. Tuvok offers three logical alternatives to why the Kazon have this technology that seems like Federation tech. It isn't Federation tech at all, but something similar. They got it from another Federation starship brought to the Delta Quadrant. Uh, that probably gave a writer an idea for a third season, I think. Yep. <laughs> or someone from Voyager gave it to them. I, I, I think there could be other possibilities. Oh, yeah. But...
1: Number four, they have reverse engineered stuff after observing us.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, they could have scanned us and figured out how our technology works. But uh, so, And it also could be how the Kazon knew how to hide from Voyager scanners that somebody gave them information. Tuvok, right off the bat, mentions Seska as a suspect, but Chakotay leaps to her defense. Nope, couldn't be no. her. It's impossible.
1: And here we get some paint-by-numbers writing that will persist through most of this, where Chakotay... We have this arc of Chakotay slowly coming to believe in her, but at first he, like, way over-defends her. Yeah. Instead of, well, it could have been Carrie, because he was out of sight, too. And that's true, but he should... I think the subtext is they want us to think he's going lenient on her. He's reluctant to believe it could be Seska because they've had a personal relationship and she's from the Maquis side of the crew, and he doesn't want to face those possibilities. Yeah. And there's an element of that, but man, you're a first officer. You're supposed to be a professional. Suck it up. You've got a person who is reasonably suspect here.
0: Right. And especially given how he, wa- he was willing to punish her for making him soup. Uh, yeah. In his previous scene, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he, and his his reasoning is weak. You know, well, she almost shot me in that cave because she thought I was a Kazon. Well, duh! If you stumbled upon a secret meeting with her, she would pretend that. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, you got me. I'm a Kazon spy. So anyway, in engineering, they uh, the senior crew comes up with a plan to retrieve the Kazon the device on the Kazon ship, but then Shikotey alters the plan so that Seska stays behind on Voyager's bridge and doesn't go to the Kazon ship. And I have to say, Seska plays it clever here, by the way. Like, I, I do kind of like how they write her dialogue here. Mm-hmm. Because she confronts Chakotay about his suspicions, and he says, I'm trying to protect you. This, I'm, I'm holding you back to protect you from the suspicions of the crew. She's like, this is your idea of protection? You might as well point a finger at me in front of the entire crew. So that if Seska is the spy... She's really playing it hard here and 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 really anticipating all of the ways that Chakotay can be manipulated. I I think I like how they they write Seska in this one Mm -hmm. uh, in general. I like a lot of episodes where you've got the uh,
2: yeah, you got me. I'm the spy. I really am. You know, (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Seska's dialogue is better written than Chakotay's in this episode. Yeah. Also, there's a nice scene in engineering where they're coming up with these plans because they've got a couple of different plans, one of which could happen immediately but involves risk. They yes. What they want to do is they want to go over to the ship and get the Federation tech device. and But because it's flooded with radiation, they've got a problem. Seska proposes they do one magical thing, which entails some risk, but she's willing to take that. But Belana says, no, 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 we've got this other safer thing we can do. But it'll be tomorrow before it can happen. And Janeway says, I want it by the end of the day. And Torres says, Sorry, Captain, tomorrow is the best I can do. I don't exaggerate. And right. here we're playing off the familiar Scotty trope of delivering things way ahead of time and and you know, massively padding his time estimates. Right. And they already kind of walked that back with Geordie especially Mm -hmm. in the episode Relics where he met Mr. Scott, you don't really tell them how long it's actually going to take, do you? (laughs) But here they have Balana being very professional about it, which is nice, although it actually is reasonable to pad your estimates with some safety factor. I mean, you don't know exactly how long a project is going to take.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it, it, I mean, maybe you, you you know definitely it's not gonna be by the end of the day, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Seska goes to sickbay to see if the Kazon is gonna wake up and if he'll be able to talk. I wonder why. Uh, but she claims that it's he's the only one who can clear her name. Right. And then we have this. Uh, the, she has this conversation with Kess, who asks Seska, "Hey, you know what? We don't have a sample of your blood on file in the computer." And, uh, you know, of course, we need that in case you have to replicate blood for you in case of emergency. Sesca says, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot to do it. But but uh, I had a childhood disease that meant uh, I can't get transfusions or give them. So mm-hmm. uh, and the doctor says, all the more reason to have it on file. You have the, the doctor doing his thing. Well, he didn't say she can't receive them, but she was
1: warned never to give them.
0: Right. 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 Oh, that's right. Because they're looking for compatible blood donors for the, for the, the, K- the Kazon, uh, you know, people mm-hmm. whose blood can be compatible and that's why she can't give it uh, although thin reasoning
1: <laughs> i was distracted here for a moment by okay this is a military ship and you don't have an entire blood manifest on your crew really but then i remembered oh wait she's my key yep. yes. so they wouldn't have her federation service record cuz she doesn't have one
0: yes right that's the, the, the they cover that by saying everyone was supposed to come in and you know give one and then i mean it, it wouldn't be that hard to just
2: uh, I can just pull out a hypospray right now and take some, right? Or whatever mm-hmm. they, they use. Well, right? and they they kind of wave away that. It's like, well, I'm kind of busy right now, so I can't take care of it. We'll, we'll deal <laughs> with it later, you know?
0: Yeah, it's only a minute. Anyway, Tuvok tells Janeway that he, uh, he detected a secret transmission, but whoever did it was extremely skilled at covering their tracks uh, so that we, we're not able to track it down. Uh, they, so they know how the Kazon ship had been contacted. Well, you know.
2: I hate that though when when I'm trying to work on my computer and things just keep getting rerouted like that. Like you know, it routes through my printer and my <laughs> my Chromecast, and eventually then it gets out on the internet.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So That's we, not we how computer around, networking
2: uh, works. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, so a, a new Kazon ship, by the way, is detected. So we have uh, ticking clock. It's on the way, and uh, and then Seska has beamed herself over to the Kazon ship to implement her her prior risky plan to to get it. She's going to remove the console and. For herself she says to prove her innocence but it could also be to cover her tracks and so tuvok suspects her and chakotay defends her uh, it's obvious she's trying to prove her innocence uh, oh, and yeah, of course just
1: so obvious
0: <laughs> yes mm-hmm. something goes wrong she gets hurt she's not dead like they said but uh, so she's hurt uh and then we're in the captain's ready room oh oh
1: be- before oh. that though yep. they're having a conversation about once she beams over why don't we just beam her back Yes. Which is a reasonable question, and, and they say, well, with that compartment flooded with all the nucleonic radiation, we can't do that, and if we try, it could kill her. And it's Janeway who points out beaming her back could kill her. Right. And so that's a pretty strong indication from Janeway that she doesn't want her beamed out. And then we hear Seska scream, and Chicote immediately orders that she be beamed back. And Chakotay, and this is typical for first officers and other people in the Starfleet chain of command. He's being insubordinate. If anybody should be making life or death decisions in this moment, it should be the captain who is right there.
0: Right, right. I mean, the, uh, it's reasonable in that you know you didn't want to beam her out because it might kill her, but she might be dead already because of what just happened. So you, or at dying. this point, yeah. But it's still Janeway's call. It is Janeway's call. So uh, before we get to the ready room, we have uh, in bay. she's been beamed in, Chakotay is there with with her, and the doctor says, run a full blood scan. Boom, boom, boom. So she's going to get a blood scan anyway. She's also got sunburn. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, she's got a nasty little sunburn. She didn't get her SPF 50 on. So in the captain's ready room, Lieutenant Carey comes in, and he's surrounded very closely by Tuvok and Chakotay, and grill him. Because it turns out the message to the Kazon had been sent from his console, so obviously he's the prime suspect because he's an idiot.
2: <laughs>
1: doesn't even scan
2: food first. Right. You you, you forgot the uh, the procedure of uh, Starfleet security to log out of your console when you leave it.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Janeway isn't convinced that Carrie is because you know, is the suspect because he has a distinguished Starfleet career and seska has spent the last two years as an enemy of the federation and then chakoti gets a good line here where he says well so have i <laughs> yeah. it's just uh, it's a po- fair point there uh and she she does trust him the Kazan maj kala oh maj kala you're going to be uh-huh. an annoyance for the next <laughs> season or so uh, I I just I just dislike him as a as a character.
1: Is it the same character? I I always just thought, oh, there's a random
2: Kazon guy. Is it always called? He, no, he, they actually always, set him up. They do set him up as the Kazon as he the is one the they always Kazon. run into.
0: Yeah, he's the one that the spy will. I, I don't want to spoil it. Everyone knows, okay. but he's the one that the spy is with in every time the spy the, shows yep, up. Again. The spy who loved me. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh. He hails them. He beams aboard to visit his sick crew member, and says, "You can go now to Voyager. We've got this." And Janeway says, "I ain't going anywhere because that accident involved our Federation technology. And by the way, we are more powerful than you, and so we're we're sticking around." And he reminds her, "Well, you may be more powerful than one of my ship, but I have others on the way." So there's a again yeah. that conflict ticking clock. And then while Janeway is off to the side talking to the doctor, the injured. Kazon is murdered by by McCullough's aide that's with him, apparently to keep him from talking
1: with a poison needle ring that, as the doctor informs us, has some kind of nerve toxin, on <laughs> some, it. <laughs> some,
0: some kind of uh, or just a nerve toxin on it. And uh, and it's interesting, like, like Janeway, like you can't do it. You can't arrest them. You know, they're they're. You just got to tell them to get off your ship, and you are yeah. kind of powerless at this point to do anything, in, in you know, in, in as an act of justice or retribution or vengeance of any of any kind.
1: Yeah, because they're Federation, you know, wimps. I mean, <laughs> right. try this on a Klingon ship
0: and find out how what happens. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure that well, there, there wouldn't be a crew, an injured crewman there, that's for sure. <laughs> the uh, The Doctor then tells Janeway that it, that it appears Seska is not Bajoran. But Cardassian. Uh, oh, I know. The
1: doctor is totally breaking HIPAA privacy rules here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just telling the captain the results of her blood scan and revealing private personal information. Well, maybe without a court order.
0: The Federation's more enlightened than having the stupid HIPAA law that we have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Chicote says to Tuvok, yeah, uh, I like this, but with it, where we have this reveal of, that she's Cardassian. You were working for her, She was working for the Cardassians. Was anyone on that ship working for me?
2: That <laughs> was a great line. Great line.
1: <laughs> that was a good Best line. Best line in the episode.
0: Uh, and, and Chakotay you will know, we'll later on talk about, it. like, I I must have been an idiot. Like Everyone walking all over me. I had not one but two spies on my ship uh, that I didn't know about.
1: I, actually, the reveal that Seska was born Cardassian is pretty cool, actually, yeah. because we have had over in Deep Space Nine... Episodes where Cardassians were altered to seem to be Bajoran and vice versa. So that's been, and that's, that's something that makes sense. It also would make sense that since the Maquis are outlaws to both the Federation and the Cardassians, that they would be infiltrated from both sides.
0: Right, exactly. And apparently Chakotay was one of the key Maquis Leaders that to have so many uh, spies aimed at him, that's for sure. Yeah.
2: Well, this idea, too, of of, uh, races being uh, people of uh, different races being changed into other ones goes all the way back to TOS because the Tribbles episode had the Klingon who was Mm -hmm. made to look human. And Kirk
1: was made to look Romulan in the Enterprise incident.
0: That's right.
2: I like how
1: one thing happens here that's really cool. So we've got this ticking clock with some more Kazon ships that are going to be heading in and we won't be able to defeat them. So Janeway wants to get the retrieve the tech plan moving and she calls down to Belana and says, get ready to do this. And Belana is like, already done. What? (laughs) It's like, yeah, Yeah. decontamination went exactly as planned off screen. And so now we're back and we're done. And I'm like nice it's nice that they they could have built a whole sequence around that to right. drag out the plot you mean you mean a starfish uh, crew can multitask
2: this is incredible <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah but having it just be yeah we said we do this and it's done having something go right to the point we don't even have to watch it and we're ahead of mm-hmm. schedule now that's nice
0: yes that is it's at least it's different that's for sure Yeah. So, and like I said, it turns out it's a food replicator and, and they're all like, well, it was, uh, we thought it would be a weapons thing or, you know, they kind of act as if why, why such a mundane thing? And it's Janeway who says, what, can you imagine what a replicator would mean to a society that didn't have such technology, which is what Mm -hmm. we saw in Caretaker with the, the Kazon menacing the, the, the people for water and, and, and that sort of thing. So. Oh,
1: that's lame. (laughs) Yes. Very. <laughs> Come on. Hydrogen is the most common element in the universe. <laughs> Oxygen is not very far behind. <laughs> yes. Anyone can get water if they want it if you have a spacefaring civilization. You don't have to steal it.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Flashbacks <laughs> to yeah. our discussion of Caretaker. Uh so chakotay confronts Seska with his suspicions and uh, when she sees his tail, she has a nice little uh, a dart a barb at him, a little dart at him. Well, why don't you go talk to your animal guide and figure it all out? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, well, says, "Maybe
1: I will." Oh, not maybe. <laughs> it's like, "Oh, I will." Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, but it's a great line. Yeah. Also, she's got a reasonable explanation for why her body doesn't have the Bajoran blood factors and why she does have some Cardassian ones. She says, "I had orchid's disease as a child. It swept through the." Through the labor camps when I was a kid, and it destroyed my Bajoran blood factors, and I would have died, except there was a sympathetic uh, Cardassian woman who gave me a bone marrow transplant. Her name is Cattell, and you can talk to her when we get back. Yes, when and, we get and back. there's <laughs> and there's really nice acting here from Martha Hackett who plays yes. Seska. I was consistently pleased with her acting throughout this episode, but oh, especially yeah. in these tense, confrontational moments. She's she sounds believable. Yes. You know, if I didn't know we were heading into this sesca arc, I could, as an audience member, think yeah. this is all misdirection and she really is innocent. And well, her acting is not giving it away that she's guilty.
2: I right? mean, I, re- I remember watching this way back when, when it first broadcast. And that was, you know, that was my my reaction of like, okay, why, why do they keep pointing fingers at her? She's, you know, she's got excuses. Of course, we know later that what she's coming up with excuses are or misdirection and lies, but
1: they're really good
2: misdirection and lies. No, and it, 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 you know, they, they don't, there's still a lot of the cookie cutter. There's the, the, the spy among them and all that, but they do a good job of, of tweaking it just enough to make it look okay. Well, maybe this is a misdirection to us that we're like, Oh yeah, you're really supposed to believe it's her, but it's actually Carrie or some other, you know, person.
0: Uh, she does tell Chicote that he wasn't important enough to have a Cardassian a spy assigned to him, which you know, another little dart and barb. Uh, and it's
2: nicely
1: written, is it, because mm-hmm. it's like, well, frankly, your secrets, your Maquis secrets, weren't worth it, and I only had one agenda with you, and I made that perfectly clear. Right,
0: <laughs> right. Uh, but as Chicote leaves sick Bay, he he encounters Tuvok in the in the corridor, and they discuss. That they've set a trap up to catch either Carey or Cesca, whichever one of them is the one who did it. Uh, they're 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 the two suspects. So it's time so, to play gin. Yes, Tuvok and Chakotay are playing gin and engineering, and Tuvok <laughs> is winning, of course, because it's just a matter of uh, l- logic and calculating the odds. Uh, I li- I do like that little sequence that you know the they're on a stakeout and they're playing cards. This is very classic.
2: And it's it's the classic round cards, you know, that, that were yes. so futuristic in the original series. Yes, uh, they're playing sabac. So
0: the computer <laughs> alerts them that someone is trying to erase their tracks for the replicator materials. So the inventory information about those mater- replicator materials that have been given to the Kazon. So the planted evidence, uh, someone's planting evidence in there of for where, who stole the stuff. And it points to Seska. So that means, must mean, that Carrie is the one planting evidence to point at seska right
1: because as seska herself pointed out nobody would be stupid enough to log in under their own name and it's like <laughs> right. okay you realize the moment you say that <laughs> yeah you you're, neutralize any evidential value that has right
2: yeah right you know so, uh, it, it's uh it, it very much was like the, you know the vizini scene in princess bride I know it has to be in your cup because you'll think I want to take I wouldn't drink. Trust mine. And and (laughs) that's right. (laughs) Only a fool would
0: drink from the cup closest to him. Uh, (laughs) So Chakotay goes back to sickbay to confront Seska and says, well, you're caught. And uh, the the doctor says your medical history claim doesn't hold up. He knows everything about orchid's disease. And that's not how it works. And and, uh, and and
1: this is something that I kind of didn't like in the writing, because yeah. I can accept that they're holding back some things that the characters know that we don't like. OK, Chakotay comes out into the hallway and, oh, it turns out they have a plan that yes. they haven't mm-hmm. told us about. OK, that's fine. But you've been holding way more than that back from us. Like the doctor has already discredited your blood alibi right that's they they held back an awful lot from us that diminishes the detective story quality of this Mm -hmm. there was one nice thing here though which was chakotay says even though the doctor discredited your blood alibi so we knew you were a cardassian that didn't mean you were the traitor we're looking for Mm -hmm. right You, you could have been an innocent Cardassian spy that isn't betraying us to the kazon so um so so that actually was nice the fact that they distinguish those issues just because she's been lying about this one thing doesn't mean she's been lying about this other thing
0: right when
2: it's you you would think though seska would go okay we have an you know emergency medical hologram who's been programmed with every possible medical tech out there he's going to see right through this disease lie, he's going to see right through it. The second she should have ago. known that, yeah, right. she should
1: have realized that. Well, you know? they hang a lantern on it with him saying this could have fooled a regular doctor, which is right. she wasn't anticipate being treated by this guy, so she just went with her cover story, what's known in spycraft as her legend, yeah. because it was the best thing she had.
0: She does say, you know, now that the the cat's out of the bag, there's no more hiding she says look i did it for this crew we need powerful friends in the delta quadrant in order to survive and that's what i did i made friends for for us with the kazon which again doesn't make a whole lot of sense because it it, you're not making friends if the captain doesn't know she's supposed to be friends with the kazon (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so that it doesn't really hold up
1: well yeah she says the kazon were willing to be our protectors And she also is rooting this. She says, when Chakotay asks her, why did you do this? She says, I did it for you, meaning him personally. I did it for this crew. We are all alone out here. We need to start making allies because of, and Janeway is standing right there, because of the incomprehensible decision of a Starfleet captain to strand us here. (laughs) Right. And these guys are willing to be our protectors. Now, how this would have played out... I guess I can conjecture on. It's like okay, I made this initial opening to get them on our side, and then at some point we're going to come forward and say, Captain, I've worked out this deal with them, and they're willing to serve as our protectors in this dangerous area we're about to go into.
0: Mm. Right, right, yeah. It's it, it. I can imagine that she had the logic in her head anyway.
1: Yeah, but but I like even though her motive isn't at least expressed in a clearly thought out way. It mm-hmm. makes sense, right, you know, and I can imagine somebody saying, Let's do a little backdoor negotiation before we try to run this up the chain of command
0: yeah and
1: and that that's reasonable, and this is uh, it's nice that she has an intelligible motive and that she's not simply betraying them at this point, right. yeah, and that this would be this kind of thing would be the natural fallout of Jane Way's decision to strand them there. Some people would yep. be thinking this way.
0: Well in fact Seska was involved in just that sort of thing in the last Voyager episode where they had uh the the French alien guy yeah. uh that they were trying to trade their stories for <laughs> the technology to get him home. They were they were doing backdoor negotiation for the technology and then would have brought it to her when they had it in hand. I mean that yeah. was sort of so it Good it's point. a continuation of that. So uh meanwhile Seska had uh yet another backdoor escape in in hand, in place, a command in the computer system couldn't be countermanded, because that's time. what you can do. In time. That would allow her to beam to a Kazon ship nearby. I mean, that <laughs> there's very specific circumstances in which this would work. Uh, they, they really ought to take the transporters offline when they're not being used. Can, can,
2: we, can we agree that this is a serious <laughs> well, security then, flaw in Starfleet
1: then, ships? Then you'd have the warm-up routine while you're waiting for them to boot up in an emergency situation.
0: I guess, or yeah, it's just, it seems like People are using uh, transporters to get out of sticky situations uh, all the time. Anyway, uh, she gets away, and uh, later on in the mess hall, Chakotay confronts Tuvok, who you know, says, I-, I want you to tell me the truth. Who Tuvok says, Vulcans are always honest. And Chakotay says, that's not exactly true. You lied yeah. to me when you passed yourself off as a Maquis. And Tuvok says... I was honest to my own convictions within the defined parameters of my mission.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and and Mimbari don't lie either. Aha. Yeah, exactly.
0: Chicote says you danged Vulcans and your defined parameters. I do like his anger at, at, <laughs> uh, at, at uh, Tuvok's um, twisted language there. Um,
1: yeah. Not very convincing rationalization. Yeah.
0: Right. And Tuvok says, do not mistake composure with ease. That's another nice line there, actually. Like, you know, you're you're all you know uh, very well with your you know lying slash telling the truth. And he says, "I'm not. Don't mistake my lack of anguish on my face with that being easy." Yeah,
1: I, I also I like the the main point once we get past the little bit of sparring between them. Yes, he what he's really here to ask is just how big of a chump am I? <laughs> right, because because you pulled the wool over my eyes and Seska pulled the wool over my eyes. Am I? Like excessively naive, and yeah. and Tuvok says, "No, no, I've always thought your attention to detail was adequate, and you're not particularly naive." And for what it's worth, Seska pulled the wool over my eyes too, so she was really a good liar.
0: Yeah, yep. And Chakotay says, "Well, that that does make me feel better." And Tuvok says, "Why should my failure make add it to your own make you feel better?" And he says, "Misery loves company, Tuvok." Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's uh, where we end in. This will not be the last time we see Seska. Oh, no. She'll be nope. back several times, including one time when it's a time travel or something. There's also my favorite one of
1: the Seska arc, because some of the stuff they're going to do with her, like Chicote's Baby, I could care less about. Yep. Yeah. But the really good one that I like is where they find an apparent hollow novel about a mutiny
0: yes, in the Voyager right.
1: crew. And it turns out it was a security training program that Tuvok did in the early days before he knew that the crews were going to meld effectively. Mm -hmm. But Seska, being a computer genius, as shown in this episode, discovered his training program and decided to alter
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: And so we have Seska appearing in it as a hologram version of herself. And that, Uh, to my mind, that's the funnest Seska episode.
0: And that's after she... She's be. dead. Yeah, yeah, she's dead. Yeah. the The Chakotay's baby one. Uh, it it turns out, uh, the actress was pregnant when at this point
2: mm. when they wanted mm. her to come
0: back. She's like, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm sorry, guys, I'm pregnant. And they're like, oh no, that'll actually work. We'll, we're putting that in. So it turns yeah. out that it, it worked. Um. So a couple of things I want to mention that the uh, actors have talked and said about this episode. Robert Beltran says, um, of this episode, it lets you see Chakotay's vulnerable side. Normally, Chakotay can handle anything, but he made a mistake with Seska. It also showed Chakotay's loyalty and that he was willing to stand by her until it was absolutely certain that she was a traitor. I think that's one of the strong things about Chakotay. He's very, very loyal, and it takes a lot to shake his belief in people. That's something the writers had captured well. So I think it's interesting. That's one of the things they they play with Chakotay is his loyalty to the crew, to the captain. Um, uh, th- that it, It's a key part of his character. I, I mm-hmm. get that. In the scene where Seska leaves Voyager, the, uh, moments after criticizing both Chakotay and Janeway, there was a moment that Robert Beltran found a memorable. Saying, "He said, uh, I remember turning uh, Seska turning into this awful, awful, scary person. She turned into this evil, malevolent person who Chakotay had never recognized in the Siska he thought he knew. There, you know that where and it's well, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Like he he had, mm-hmm. he had rejects her at that point, and she still has." Like, it's not, she wasn't just pretending to like Chakotay as part of her cover. Right. At this point, she really did like Chakotay, and when he rejects her, that turns her, you know, from love to hate. And uh, so that was uh, interesting, too. Any final notes, Father Corey? Nothing here. Jimmy? Nope. All right. So that should wrap things up for this episode. Uh, We want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Trek, including Callie P., Ryan B., Martin G., Anthony L., and Robert S., their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Star Trek and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. We'd also like to thank Victor Lambs, who edits the show for us every week. So that's it from us. What do you think of State of Flux uh, or Seska or Chakotay or anything we brought up this time? You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash Trek or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash StarQuestMedia or send an email to trek at sqpn.com. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the Enterprise episode, Cold Front. Until then, Father Cory Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Trek. Thank you, Tom. Jimmy Akin, thank you as well.
1: Oh boy, the Temporal Cold War.
0: (laughs) 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 And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Trek on StarQuest. And remember, you know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time. But I don't like bullies, and I don't like threats, and I don't like you, Kala.